Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast on the two-year anniversary. Um, June 9th was the anniversary of the podcast. Um, and fun fact, Frank, believe it or not, was on the June 10th, 2019 podcast. Um, I recorded the first ever episode on June 9th, 2019 on a Sunday night. It was fucking terrible. Um, Frank hopped on for episode two, through like episode eight, had some communication problems with the, we use like the Anchor app for the, you know, connecting each other's uh, audio. It was yeah. terrible. I remember we were talking about the Chris Paul trade, the Chris Paul to the Rockets trade. And, or no, it was Chris Paul to OKC, excuse me. And we couldn't even like hear each other. It was crazy. But yeah, so we've been uh, doing this for two years now, I guess, kind of. Well, not really, but you know, you get the point. This podcast has been around for two years. Um, so we're here to celebrate that. And of course, we got some NBA playoff action to talk about today. So without further ado, let's dive on in. And begin with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and Atlanta Hawks, they play game three tonight in Atlanta. Um, a big game for both squads. Obviously, um, the series is tied 1-1 right now. Guys, um, what do you think about the series so far? Because I know, obviously, Atlanta jumped out to that big leading game one. Philly kind of came back. Seth Curry made a rally for them in the end of game one. Wasn't able to come back. Philly then put, made the adjustment of putting, you know, Matisse Thybulle and Ben Simmons on Trey Young, some bigger defenders to try to slow him down, which is crazy that they didn't do in game one. They had Danny Green on uh, Trey Young in game one. But what are some things you're looking for in this game three here tonight? I mean, I like the defensive game plan much better from Philadelphia in game two. It seems a lot more of forcing Trey Young to his left hand and kind of collapsing, um, you know, and like getting their hands up in front of him to, to, you know, make the passing window smaller. But the thing is for the Hawks, just shoot the basketball better. Uh, you know, you didn't have as great of a shooting game, obviously, as they did game one. But they, you know, and you're now back in Atlanta. Uh, I also heard today that Atlanta is full capacity now uh, in the stadium. Full capacity for, for Maybe not full capacity, I guess. They no, were probably 80%. I heard full capacity today yeah. on ESPN this morning. You no, know, but I, I thought in the first round they were. I guess they were like 85%. No, it was like the Knicks one in the first round. But now it's completely full. Okay. So it's going to be big coming back to Atlanta. And I think Atlanta, you know, even one, one right now, you got to be happy. You split in Philly. Now it's time to come home, take care of business. And like I say all the time, I discuss this all the time. Your role players always play better at home. They always play better at home, less pressure. You know, they're in their home arena, shoot around. They always play better at home. And I think Atlanta tonight, you know, come out with simple game plan, uh, basically what they've been doing all series. But the thing is stopping and beef Capella is just no match for him. Uh, so it, to me, then you come to your next focus, just worry about slowing down Tobias Harris. Don't let him, him have as good a game. You know, Embiid's going to go off. So focus your game plan towards on stopping those guys. Cause you're not stopping Embiid regardless. They're going to shoot the basketball better. So I think that tonight, I think Atlanta will win if I had to make a prediction. Well, I think you said it best, you know, Atlanta did their job. They went on the road and they split the first two games. And even though it's disappointing that they lost the second game, they still got the job done. Um, but I was surprised. I said on the last episode, I was like, there's no way Embiid's going to play 38 minutes a night and continue to be this productive. Yeah. And he was in game two. I think he played 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I just don't know how long that's going to hold up for. Um, but, you know, if you're Atlanta, you have to be happy where you were. They they were down and then they fought back into this game in the third quarter only for Shake Milton to come in and hit like a bunch of threes. He hit like six threes. You know, so like if that if that doesn't happen, like they could, we could be looking at a 2-0 lead for the Hawks right here. So you know, they're, they're being competitive, which I think a lot of people didn't necessarily expect. They, you know, they split on the road and now we'll see what they can do at home. 
Yeah, I, I think, in, I mean, Atlanta, they, they have so much depth. We talked about this first in the Knicks series. They have so many guys who can just come at you and a lot of skilled players, I think is the term a lot of people are using. And when you surround all these shooters, all these playmakers with Trey Young, guys who can, you know, create, uh, this is a scary offense. And the Hawks shot 37% from the three uh, last game in their loss. I expect them to shoot much better. Um, they're capable of shooting much better. They shot 48% from three in game one. Mm-hmm. Versus the Knicks, they lit us up from three. And for all the people saying they can't shoot 40-plus percent from three, they certainly can. They did towards the end of the regular season this year in the month of April. Um, and I don't know, I don't see why they can't do it in the playoffs. I mean, this is kind of what this team has been built upon. Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about depth. I mean, they had two guys score 20 off the bench uh, in game two. You know, that's just something that you see consistently. Like, uh, afterthought on this team, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's many- kind of a big deal, though. That's an underlying story now. Is DeAndre Hunter's out, and I, and I honestly think he might be their their second or third best player. I mean, he's definitely one of their best wing defenders, which would be good to stop Tobias Harris. And he's a good player to space the floor, and he can kind of get his own shot sometimes mid range as well. So it's a big deal that he's not here to slow down Tobias Harris. But like you yeah. guys said, Bogdanovich is a is you know a great basketball player, and they they could you're, they're easily capable of shooting forty percent. And I think 40, 42 percent is the bar. And if they hit that, they can win. It's as simple as that. Just a well, little bit better than they and Trey Young are the Walmart Steph and Clay. I'm going to continue mm-hmm. to do that because I, I think they are. But they're just going to need a Herder and Gallo to step up a little bit and replace some of the production from Hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, and luckily, they have the guys to do that. So who do we got in this series? Like like. Because I think Philadelphia wins tonight, but I still think I think Philly wins in seven. Honestly, I think Philly wins in seven. Well, I think I said Atlanta in six last time. I think I'm gonna like kind of stick with that. Maybe Atlanta in seven still. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's gonna be interesting, but I I think Philly, I think Philly's the overall better team. If Embiid, if he continues to give him this type of production with 39 and a half points per game, all they need now is you know for continued good play by. You know, a guy like Shake Millen, Seth Curry. Um, you know, they're gonna need better minutes from you know Tyrese Maxey. They're gonna need better minutes from Ben Simmons. But I, I, I still like this team's chances a lot in this series. All right. So, do you want to talk about the next Eastern Conference series? We'll talk about the Nets and the Bucks mm-hmm. uh, after last night's win for the Bucks. The catastrophe for the Nets uh, on the last possession of the game, which was just mind blowing. Uh, we need to talk about how Steve Nash, you know kind of met, blundered that up but to me there's no real story in this uh the nets were down 19 in the first quarter they came all the way back to cut it to three at half and they were in the game from there on out shooting the ball so poorly and it took all that effort from Giannis and chris middleton to even keep this a game and they won scoring 86 points if the nets score 83 points in this series again i would be so surprised well, even throughout the playoffs i mean this bucks team had like i think jeff van gunny hit on the head this bucks team played a horrible game yesterday too but this yeah. was an awful game for both teams it was just the Bucks will do yeah, but victory, so give them credit. I, Look I at Brooklyn. What did Kevin Durant shoot? Like eight of twenty-four. Like that's never gonna happen again. You know, he shot eleven of twenty-eight. Okay, Kyrie Irving shot nine of twenty-two. You know, Joe Harris had an awful game. He was missing a bunch of wide-open shots in the second half. Three. The Bucks shot six of thirty-one from three. That's not gonna happen. I mean, yes, but the Nets. How but often the Nets is Joe are never Harris gonna shoot one of eleven. How often yeah. did that I, I, I agree, Jeff. But if you look at the splits all around from teams, Milwaukee shot worse. Yes, but this is. It's more like for to me, like it's more likely to see Milwaukee do this again rather than the Nets. The Nets aren't scoring the whole playoffs, really. A lot of the games against the Heat, they struggled from three. Here's what I see about this this game in particular. The both these teams are not gonna have an offensive outing like this ever again in the series. So, you know, this game was really about who wanted it more, you know, who came up with more energy. And Milwaukee, give them credit, they stole a game. 
that they should have probably never won. I guess you could argue the same thing for Brooklyn, but you know, for Milwaukee to get this one and not let it slip away, you know, go down 3-0 is crucial. And we shouldn't, you know, just over overlook that. I mean, I think it's just disappointing from the Nets down the stretch. Uh, they, they really didn't play that well, and they were one possession away from winning this basketball game. From, to me, that just proves enough to me. I think the Nets win game four in Milwaukee and then win game five back at home in Brooklyn, and this series is as good as done. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. Bruce Brown, I mean, let's talk about him. He takes the – I mean, he had a fantastic stretch. He had a good game. He was making a lot of those – a lot of those – Once again, he missed a lot of the floaters at the, end of the, at the end of the game. Him and Joe Harris were really disappointing in the fourth that quarter. Second, that second quarter that they had was fantastic. Bruce Brown was lighting up the Bucks, But that fourth quarter, like Grab touched upon, I mean, Bruce Brown was awful. And well, the he thing, that shot that – The thing is, though, with that inbounds pass, when that ball's rolling like that and you pick up possession, like Kyrie has a basketball – like Who's Kyrie doing passing the ball? You guys have a timeout. So why oh, are you yeah, they timeout? never call a timeout in that situation. We saw the same thing in the Clippers game one. Like they had a timeout and chose not to use it. Like why would and, you not call the timeout? And then they, yeah, they, they would rather take like these bad contested like rust shots than instead of just calling a timeout and like resetting. And listen, not to sound rude, but I'd rather have Kevin Durant shoot the basketball over four guys and Bruce Brown shoot the ball. Well, we, we saw that with a minute left when he hit the three over P.J. Tucker. That's a better shot than anything Bruce Brown is taking. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was actually just about to say that Kevin Durant, just hit a shot where I mean PJ Tucker was pretty his hand was in his face. He just mm-hmm. has such a high release point where he's just able to shoot it over and, and make it easy bucket. So, so do you guys agree though? The moral of the story is that this kind of was just like the one game that Milwaukee's gonna win and the Nets will win in five. I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up two two. I mean Brooklyn's still gonna win this series. They have Jeff Green and James Harden coming back in the next week. So yeah, those are two really valuable players for them. They'll be fine. How does James Harden play game four? I don't think James. I don't I think, think game, game five at home would be more realistic mm-hmm. than the timetable so, because they have another like three. Because game five isn't for like another five or six days. So. Yeah, but okay. But if they win game four in Milwaukee, is it even worth playing in no, game they'll five? They'll game five. If they lose, they'll play in game five. If they win, they'll just sit them. Yeah, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. The thing is that you're playing. You're playing a little tricky game here, where you're letting Milwaukee tie it up two two, have all the confidence in the world, and James Harden returning from injury. I mean. Let's say the Nets do have a bad game and they can't shoot the ball again. I mean, you don't want to let the Bucks go up 3-2 heading back to game six in Milwaukee. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that'll happen. happen. I, I don't think we're going to see the same performance from KD and That's Kyrie. I think the thing about it, let Harden play whenever he's healthy again. Don't, like, play the game of, like, we want to wait. Don't wait. Just when he's ready, play him. I, I, I'm changing my stance on that. When mm-hmm. he's ready, he you, you can't play around in the playoff series. Yeah, listen, we, really quickly, we keep talking about KD and Kyrie, but, like, once again – there was one possession where Joe Harris missed three wide open jumpers in a row. Claxton got two offensive rebounds and yeah. Harris like just miss, miss. He, miss again, he, yeah. he, he just had an off night. And like, once again, that's not going to happen. If he even shoots like just Drew a little Holiday bit better, it completely changes too. the game. Drew Holiday shot 4-14. He was nowhere to be found at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a clutch shot at the end, of course, but Middleton and Giannis were like all of Milwaukee's offense. They score like 60. Well, it, exactly. But there's the, there's the thing like Giannis and Middleton, we know they're great players, but like who else on this Bucks team do we really expect production from? Like they don't have a Joe Harris. They don't have a production. It's like Brenda Forbes might be their fourth best score offensive production wise. Cause it's how yeah, it might be. And he shot oh, a four from three. He had a really rough game. Yeah. And cause Connaughton, not really much offense. No, he's Fortis doesn't really, you know, he gets, he's a scrappy hustle player. Not really much offense. The, the Nassis, I mean, he had that hype play, the crowd hype, but he doesn't do much offensively. He went nuts and, after that play. And Brooke Lopez, I mean, I guess he could kind of give you, but he's a 10-point-per-game like, kind of guy. He's, he's not, not He's not he very good score, anymore offensively. Like, Brent Forbes could go for 20 on a given night. I think I mean, the Nets are just overpowered. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just but the Nets, I mean, the Nets, 
other than like, I mean, of course, there are four guys who they have healthy right now, Katie, Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, and Bruce Brown. Not much offensive production outside of them either. So it's not like the Nets are just overwhelming. Without James Harden, this is a pretty even, evenly matched series. I think. Well, the superstars for the Nets, to me, it gives them the advantage. Uh, the ability yeah. to score on all three levels, especially compared to Giannis. I mean, the guy's just an absolute, like... Yeah, why did Giannis keep shooting so many threes? I thought that was really bizarre. He shot one of eight from three, and I feel like he took a lot of mid-range shots too. And, and they were falling in game three, but they're not going to consistently fall. So that was – I thought that was really weird. But I think, like, we've seen a lot, like, they're building the wall. And mm-hmm. the wall that everyone talks about, you see Blake you, – you, Blake Griffin's done a tremendous job. There's four guys, two guys on, like, the wings pretty much, and then Blake Griffin will be in the middle, someone else will be on the other block. And it's like they create a mini wall around like the, the free throw line. And he can't really like drive in. It's tough for him to drive in unless they're on a fast break opportunity. Which you, saw, you yeah. know what? You can't be chucking up threes with 20 seconds on the shot clock when you're not a good three-point shooter. Just a waste of a possession. And we saw yeah, it eight he, times he, last year. He the court one time and just shot the three right away. Like he just mm-hmm. shot it right away. Like that's a waste of possession in my opinion. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's not a good yeah, I just can't believe he's shooting eight threes in a game. That's like what Steph Curry does. Steph Curry shoots like eight to ten threes a game. Yeah. You know, and yeah, that, that Giannis doesn't do that. Okay, so what's our what's our what's your guys' prediction? Because I'm still I'm Nets, Nets in five. Nets in six. Nets six. In six. Nets in six. Yeah. Okay. I think Milwaukee gets one more. I don't know when it's gonna be. I think they win game four. Actually, I would say, and then they lose game five and six. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, let's move on. I guess we're gonna hit on the West now. We'll start with the Jazz and the Clippers. The Jazz now lead two zero. The Clippers are just the hardest team in the NBA history to watch. They just never do what they're supposed to do. They never take care of business. They mess up everything. Paul George just is continuing to live up to his nickname. Um, you know, I can't say enough about how disappointing the Clippers are time and time again. And every time I buy back into their hype, they just, they just kill me. They really do. And then like, it's true. You looking at the fourth quarter, they take a one point lead. Why is Patrick Beverly taking shots? Why is DeMarcus Cousins chucking up shots? Like where are the superstars? Kawhi Leonard was nowhere in the fourth quarter. Bogdanovich was killing them. Ingles was killing them. Just, just disappointing. You know, and I'm sick and tired of Kawhi and PG's nonsense. Uh, all the time not guarding the best player on the other team. It's so overblown. Why is this not talked about more? Why is this not I talked agree. about? It's accountability. You are a superstar. You are supposed to be a lockdown defender, one of the best. Two- These guys are so-called the best, some of the best two-way players in the NBA, and we don't even see it. You, you we don't see one way. I mean, not even from Paul George. Dude, I saw Reggie Jackson guarding Donovan Mitchell at times yesterday in the game. I'm like, well, Reggie Jackson was their best player last night. What is, but why is he guarding Donovan Mitchell? He's a undersized guard who really doesn't have, you know, the body to defend Mitchell. Mitchell's a big dude, dude, for a shooting. I mean, he's a shooting guard who has point guard handles. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy, this guy Mitchell, though, he's, he's, he's going nuts. He's, he's fantastic. He has more points this playoffs than minutes played. He's going off. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's basically playing point guard now with Conley out too. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. They're they're up two zero without Mike Conley, a really valuable part of their team. It's just unbelievable. And I mean, I picked Jazz in seven to start the series. I still think Jazz in seven though. Here's why: I think the Clippers bounce back and get two at home. I mean, we've seen that how crazy this team is when their mm-hmm. backs are against the wall. They, they do win when nobody they, expects them to win. They, yeah, every they, time. They do. When their backs are against the wall, they do put up a good fight. So I expect the Clippers to at least push it six games. Like, they're not going home in five or four. That's not happening. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll make it a series. But, I mean, to say the Paul George, not only is he, you know, having no impact on the defensive end, guarding, you know, he'll literally guard like Bogdanovich or Ingles in the corner. Like, having just having his your body just sit there in the corner. And the worst part is they were still having big fourth quarters, both of those guys. So their defense wasn't effective. And then, you know, George on offense, he – Dude, something's in his head where, I mean, in Utah, he 
he just can't make a shot. And I think he's like 35% from the series right now. Like he's not playing well whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Kawhi Leonard needs to be more aggressive at the end of the day. He only had 17 shot attempts. And I don't know what the numbers are, but he was not shooting a lot in the fourth quarter. Patrick Beverly finished the game 0-5, and I believe three or four of those misses were like in a three-minute stretch in the fourth quarter when the Jazz pulled away. It's just unacceptable. Yeah. And how about uh, Bogdanovich, though? Dude, Bogdanovich got in Kawhi's head in the fourth quarter with that little steal. You know Mm -hmm. what? This this is the thing. They don't step up when the pressure's on. They don't step up to the plate. They They don't want all the pressure on them. They can't handle the pressure. It's as simple as that. And how about Jordan Forsen, who just in the third quarter had some clutch bang shots where he would just chuck up a shot with five on the shot clock and just nail a contested three. It was incredible. Um, well, that's amazing about the Jazz. They legitimately make 23s every single game. Yeah, they, Every single game they're hitting 18 to 23. 19 a game in the regular season. That was the mm-hmm. NBA. This, it, is, like, it, this is honestly a team that's very similar to the Warriors. We just don't see like the – like we don't see like a, a an individual player who can stretch the floor to half court, but – play style wise they're very similar they have like four or five guys in the floor at a time that can shoot yeah and you know it's good. donovan mitchell too he always seems to make the right pass as well mm-hmm. he like even last night on a double he got doubled over the top tossed the ball over out to the wing and it's just knocked down he yeah. always seems to make the right pass they're he's, honestly he's, better with him at point guard mm-hmm. he's really elevated himself as a playmaker but i still think they'll be better off when um when mike conley comes back because he's just like a solid, stable vet. And then like some of the guys they're playing off the bench, like Conley would take those minutes and they would just they would just be better off. And he's also a good defender. So mm-hmm. that helps as well. Usually he's when smart Conley player on in the rotation, like they only have Rudy Gobert is the only guy who can't shoot. Like Ingles, Mitchell, mm-hmm. Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, uh Dang or Yang, uh Clarkson, Conley. I mean, they could all shoot at a high level. I think they all yeah. shoot on like that. Exactly. They're built just like the Warriors. They had a guy like Andrew Bogut in the middle or like Kevon Looney, and they just had four knockdown shooters, and they would hit 23s a game. It's the same thing here. Well, it's the same thing, but I, I mean, mean to it's me, also a different team. Though. Like they, they play, I mean, their defense is except. I mean, the Warriors had a great defense too. They were like top five usually. I, I just think that they have a very similar play style to the Golden State teams we've seen. They don't have the same players, but they have a very similar play style, and it's working for them. So would you say it's good as done or no? Mm, I can't say that, especially after the last series, because the Clippers are so talented. It's impossible to write them all. So Jazz and six? Jazz and six? Well, I'm going to stick with my prediction of Jazz and seven. I don't like to move my prediction unless it's wrong. I don't like to do that unless it's actually wrong. But I think, I think it's going to go seven games. You guys both think it's going to go seven games? I don't games? think Utah loses at home, though. That crowd, they're not losing. That crowd, they're not losing in that yeah, They're, they're not, not in that building. I think the Clippers may win with their cardboard fans over there, but I mean – they're not going to win in Utah. I mean, but guys, the Clippers have never really – they've won one They won one game in the first round at home at a four. So – At a four, yeah, that's right. Which – Yeah, and that was bizarre. So – I mean, LA's five-point favorites out of the gate. I think they win game three. They're not going to go down 3-0. I, I doubt they go down 3-0. But I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. They're too talented. They have so many good players. Like, they they just win some games based off their talent. Like, game seven versus Dallas, they won just because they – Yeah. I can't say the series is done. Like I think the Jazz are going to win, but the series is not done. I, I think that's. But I would, I would say the other series in the West is, is as good as done. Well, I agree. Let's talk about that right now. So the the Jazz, mm-hmm. the Suns, and the Nuggets. Um, obviously this series has been one sided. The Suns have just completely dominated, and especially in the second halves of both these games, where the Nuggets have just seemed to quit. Mike Malone even called them out in the first game, saying that this is pathetic. And then in the second game, they said they he uh, the team quit on him which you never hear a coach shake that those kind of things. So, and he said, it's going to be tough to find five guys who want to play and give it their all and leave it all on the floor. So for Denver in game three, I mean, 
they're going to need some some big shooting tonight. I think number one because they're going to need more offense and then more energy. You know, secondly because in the second halves they've been so lack of days on defense. The Suns have been just having wide open threes. Chris Paul has really been just playmaking, dishing, um, really just picking apart that Denver defense. And it's gotten these players frustrated. Like you see Nikola Jokic, who didn't get a foul call on him he wanted. He starts complaining to the refs, doesn't go down the court, and then, you know, gives Mikhail Bridges a wide-open three-point shot. So he's got to be more locked in. You can't let these, you know, calls get in your head. you got to get back rotate on defense. And if they don't do that, the series is, is over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's good as done. I mean, you t- we talked about, like, how the bubble kind of impacted – you know, these teams with the short rest. So, and the Nuggets were one of the thank last four you, teams. Thank you. See, this is it. So this is the Nuggets get a pass for this. They do. They get a pass for this. I can't even lie. I mean, to be honest with you, the, the Blazers series was, t- you know, tough enough. I, I, I would I could have seen that going either way. So the Nuggets going this far, especially without Jamal Murray. I mean, MPJ has been good, but I've seen a lot of things too. MPJ doesn't pass the basketball. Every he time he, he, doesn't, that's, he doesn't pass or defend really. He's not really yeah. good at all. He's just a pure. He's, a he's just a pass. He's just a. He's scorer. not a playmaker at all. He's, he's an efficient scorer, though, so you have to give him credit. Like he's in a very efficient score. Like the guy doesn't miss. I mean, he's. Like, I mean, and you know the problem is they're just overmatched at the guard position. Cameron Payne, Chris Paul, Devin Booker versus Campazzo, Monty Morris, and Austin Rivers. They're just way overmatched. They're just overmatched. There's, there's, and the way that DeAndre is playing, he's basically you know neutralized Nicole Jokic, the MVP. So there it is, right there. And guys, when guys like Jay Crowder you know, knockdown shots, Bridges, Dario Saric. What are you supposed to do? There's nothing you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Denver really has to do something about their guard position because even with Jamal Murray back, that's still a really weak guard rotation. I mean, it is. you said it best, they're just outmatched. I mean, the Suns just have so many different guys. I look at their scoring. They had how many guys in double figures? They had six guys in double figures the other night. You know, like they had so many different guys knocking down shots. They just, the Nuggets just don't stand a chance when they really only have one or two guys. They're way overmatched. They're just mm-hmm. overmatched. It's a, I mean, it's yeah, the Suns are just a better team in this series. It's not yeah. really surprising. Yeah, so, I, I don't like how people are attacking Jokic, though. Like, this is unreal how, you know, disrespected Jokic is. Well, it's not Jokic's fault. It's not Jokic's fault. I hear the media, though, like, for example, like Kendrick Perkins. I mean, he's a, like, I don't like him. He's a clown. But he's like, all oh, DeAndre A, and how do you let DeAndre A now play you? Perk. I mean, dude. If this was Damian Lillard, and I love Dame, but no offense, it's the truth. If this was Dame's team, people Same would thing. be giving Dame a pass. It would be giving, would be giving Dame a pass, though. They would be like, oh, I feel bad for Dame. It's, you know, he's trying to carry his team by himself, and he can't do it. They'll give it's him a pass. because Jokic just won the MVP. Jokic just a pass, and it's unfair. How does Jokic not get a pass for having nobody else on his team? It's unreal how he's going to get criticized for this. This the, he's, There's no blame for this at all. He got no, out of the, in the West with no Murray. I mean, that's impressive enough to me with the Sumo Composo and Austin Rivers as your guards. Mm-hmm. They're just overmatched. The Suns' third-best guard is better than any single guy they have. Yeah, and Denver's favorite somehow in game three. They're one-and-a-half point. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they won one of the home games. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big difference, but the Suns, the Suns are just way better. They've been blowing them out, really, these first two games. Suns in five for me would be my- any shot that the Nuggets could win this series though and like turn. No, no, this one's this one. This, one's this one to me and the Nets one are just as good as done. That's why I want the Suns Jazz Conference Finals, baby. That's gonna be such a great series. Those Clippers Lakers, man. Who would have thought that in the beginning of the season? Who Suns Suns Clippers? Well, the best. No, I'm just saying, who would have expected Suns Jazz over Clippers Lakers? The yes. best two regular season teams uh are gonna be in it. That's crazy. That, that would be – I mean, the, the regular season matchups, Phoenix swept Utah. They, they, won, they won 4-0 in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But all four of the games were so close. 
but Phoenix actually won every single time. So maybe that's not good for Utah, but I think UConn's could, you know, flip the script in the postseason. We've seen it happen before. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be it for the Sneaky Sports Podcast, uh, season three, episode number 43 at the playoffs tonight. There's two games on the Hawks and Sixers, which you probably the game will probably be over, or maybe not by the time the podcast goes up. And then we got the Nuggets and the Suns from Denver. So two good games today. Then we got some games tomorrow. Pretty good action, but the NBA season is almost over. I mean, pretty much these playoffs go by pretty fast before you know it. We'll have one game a night and then one game every other night. So it will go by fast. Uh, And, yeah, we're going to go. Peace.